Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respect to elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. You can follow us on Instagram at GaysRevoltingPod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. Access our weekly after show at patreon.com slash gaysrevoltingpod, and buy the last remaining tickets to our Melbourne live show on July 19th. And Dr. George is returning soon, so send in your questions relating to mental, physical and sexual health by the 28th of July. That's right, you can DM us on socials or email gaysrevolting at lipmedia.com and let us know if you'd like to remain anonymous. Now, we're missing Mikey tonight uh, because it is his anniversary, so that's a fair excuse. It's one-year anniversary, which is very adorable. But we are joined by the second most hated character to come out of South Africa after... (laughs) After Chris Lilly's lesbian pet psychic, it's Kyle Dowsett. <laughs> and of course, to my right, it's that kid that bullied all the nerds at high school, but now, ironically, prefers to stay in playing video games and can't hold down a relationship. It's Luke! <laughs> and me, everybody's favourite granny comedian. Oh, yes. Uh, how are we, boys? Hi, it's been We've so long. Two weeks. It's so strange it's like to weeks. be back. It's very um, weird. And although exactly the You've same. You've aged. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Still the same. Mikey's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what have oof. we been up to? I uh, went to a Royal Art Exhibition in Bendigo. Oh, I'm is that what you're doing? I was like, what the fuck are you doing on your story? <laughs> I had no <laughs> I idea. I went to an exhibition of royal portraits and oh. I had a really good time. <laughs> I Such an old lady it. thing to do. It was nice to see art on Instagram that didn't have someone shirtless standing in front of it. Yeah, yeah I, I did try that, but like, they asked me to put my shirt back on. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot uh, of no, it was stuff. very fun. Hang out with you. Oh, yeah. I went to Granny Bingo last night. It was a lot of fun. I brought some friends who'd never been. And uh, didn't see you for two weeks, like, which was <laughs> probably really the highlight. Nice. Yeah. Would uh, you call it the pit or the peak? <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> my peak. Uh, uh, what did you get up to? I had a great couple of weeks. I moved house. What? I house, yeah, I know. I house, <laughs> You're moving house. Did you tell I us know. that? I no, I keep my cards close to my chest. Oh. I house sat for my boss and then accidentally moved in. 
Yeah, well, basically, <laughs> I changed the locks on the apartment, <laughs> and she can now no longer get in. That's oh. a whole other story. Whoa. I did discover I have the ability to come multiple times, Ooh. up to three so far. In mm. a year? No, oh. <laughs> at a time, and I'm practicing. Oh, so my Wait, when you talk about coming multiple times, do you mean like fire one after the other, or do you mean like you can come, stay hard, and then- Yes. 10 minutes later. Yeah, I can The second that. thing. But I never knew I could do that That's before. Good. So oh. I feel like I wasted my slot at the high school talent show <laughs> wow. 15 years ago. That's how you really get your money's worth at WET. <laughs> you don't even waste time oh, getting boy. soft and having to get hard again. Wow. But I feel like it's a new chapter of my life. It's beautiful. <laughs> I can knuckle down for the next couple of years. I got a CT scan, which isn't very exciting after I've just been watching Chernobyl and there's like radiation and stuff. I'm like, I'm definitely dying now. But yeah, I've been sick for three months with nasal crap, so that's why I sound mm. like this. Listen, this isn't his normal do with the amount of- voice. Yeah, this isn't my normal. I'm not <laughs> normally Fran Drescher. It's got anything to do with the amount of visits you do to Puff Duff? <laughs> no, because I don't go with you. <laughs> oh, Doctors, we're all hot great. messes. But here we are. We're yeah. back and we're ready for another episode. And I'm very excited because we uh, have got an interview coming up with our Harriet Shing, who is, of course, a parliamentary secretary for Mer- Mental Health, Equality and Creative Industries, and also the first out lesbian parliament. Parliamentarian uh, in the Victorian state. So very exciting chat. We're going to. It'll be, be nice yeah. to have a woman on the show. I know. And also, it is our first week back. But um, just a reminder: if you sign up for a Patreon, we actually Ooh. had five after shows. Oh yeah, already Go listen to our uh, backlog. Okay. Quick, catch up on, or if you already subscribed, this is just another week. How crazy right. is that? We organise that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> To be completely honest, not in a thousand years did I ever think I would be on a podcast that was like internationally successful and <laughs> I would <laughs> I would be discussing the political leanings of Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> that was not in my like uh, yeah, life yeah. plans, but here we are. Here we are. It's been pretty hard to avoid online, uh-huh. especially if you follow Tom. <laughs> but T Swizzle dropped a name. <laughs> <laughs> Her Christian name. Oh uh, yes. Uh, dropped a new single right in the middle of Pride Month, so mm-hmm. pretty apt time to do it. It yeah. was a LGBT anthem or a Pride anthem, a lot of people are calling it, along with a video which garnered a lot of views in a very short amount of time you need to calm down don't tell me what to do it was notable almost immediately because it featured a lot of lgbtqia plus sort of personalities Mm. and celebrities it had amazing production values Mm, executive produced by todrick hole my Mm. least favorite judge of rupaul's drag race (laughs) but it did open up a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about why now? Mm. What was the intent behind it? Mm. And questions on how to be a good ally to the LGBT community. Yeah. My own personal thoughts on it is I don't like Taylor Swift. And <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, I've never, <laughs> I never stand for Taylor Swift. And I yeah. don't think I ever will because something just intrinsically in me just recoils <laughs> yeah. from... You know, just the image of Mm -hmm. blonde, white, privilege, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not interesting to me. So, I'm not a huge fan. I haven't hated on her or, like, Mm -hmm. sent any snake emojis to her or anything like that. So, I'm not in either camp when it comes to- You just camp all by yourself. Yeah, I know. I was like, (laughs) waiting for that. (laughs) But when I saw this, and also with the news that she performed a free gig at Stonewall- 
the day after the release of it oh, yeah. to about 100 patrons just uh-huh. at the bar to sort of really solidify. They're all standing there going, this is the worst Taylor Swift <laughs> queen I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone knew what was going oh, on. God. I was strangely not bothered by this. Yeah. And I get bothered by- I would really think you would be. <laughs> yeah. I get- You're not bothered by the song. I get bothered by white people doing a lot of things. Yeah, but this weirdly isn't one. This weirdly was not one of them. Oh, I'm fascinating. From what I'd seen on Twitter from the queens Uh that cameoed in the video, everyone was- They got paid well, didn't they? Looked Mm. after really well, Mm. paid really well, and she's put her money where her mouth is at the end of the day. Well, this is the thing, and I think you're going to have to educate me on it a little bit. As I've said before, like, I've paid no attention to the personal Uh lives of any pop stars since 1985. Yep. And- know very little about Taylor Swift. But basically, correct me if I'm wrong, she was being criticised for not doing enough for her queer Mm -hmm. audience, then made a song. She does something. (laughs) Hired a queer person of colour to direct it. Yeah. And then a whole lot of wonderful people from the whole LGBT rainbow. And then- The gays are like, no, no, don't do that, please. Actually, no, we don't want it. It, It's called the Gay Catch 22. And I do it all the time, Mm. which is like, give me visibility, give me your money, Mm. and give me your attention. Mm. But as soon as I get any of those three things, I'm like, get the fuck out (laughs) of here. Do not fucking talk (laughs) to me. Taylor Swift is a unique case because I think so much of her public persona Mm -hmm. is tied up in- reputation mm-hmm. and like the, the album exactly <laughs> and her perceived persona so mm-hmm. like not to go all britney spears from a few Very episodes <laughs> the the narrative of taylor swift is she was the old american sweetheart yeah. she did like this like pop country sort of conservative music yeah, that really. anyone could like and presented herself as the sweet girl yeah. that yeah. is friends with anyone mm-hmm. The narrative quickly changed that, no, this person's actually a total bitch. And, and, yeah, um, it has flip-flopped quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and then that sort of... Is this when public- she stole Katy Perry's dancers or is this later oh, in the piece? Wait, who was the one that got into trouble for not paying drag queens? Was that Katy Perry? Remember, someone wanted to hire all the drag queens for the music video and then it was a big no, argument. That's like every other Oh, probably. Yeah, anyway. And that was her narrative for a while. And then I, th- I feel like she's in this new stage where she's the self-referential yeah. Taylor Swift. So all of her music videos are sort of poking fun at the fact that mm-hmm. people think she's a total bitch. Right. And the snake imagery mm-hmm. from all the snake emojis she got sent. And, right. And it, it's all just extremely calculated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a yeah. there'd be a news story and then there'll be a sort of tongue-in-cheek music video I'll say she's not smart. <laughs> album campaign. So when you operate your whole career like that and create an image mm. through those sort of means, it's hard not to question when you do something genuine, yeah. like donate $113,000 to an LGBT Yeah. Did she do that? Organization, yeah. yes. To GLAD? It was to the Tennessee Equality Project. Right, okay. um, they're fighting legislations around religious discrimination, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Mm-hmm. And she got like 200K plus signatures for the Equality Act. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because a lot of the criticism also wasn't it that people thought that she wasn't speaking for the gay community or to the gay yeah. community because she didn't want to alienate her religious far right. Yeah, because she's from like the South, right? Yeah. So like all country folk. Well, if she's putting money into and that. And that's, that's always been thing, her biggest it? market, I think. Yeah. So like she, now she's leaving that and she's targeting the gays. But yeah. I mean, the gays have always liked her. I, I, well, obviously not Luke. I and I have no idea who she is. A lot of gays so, have yeah. always liked her. I, I feel like that ultra-conservative market left her a while ago. Yeah. And I think that's some of the questioning here is like, if this person is a marketing genius uh-huh. that is really tuned into this and saw that the conservatives were leaving anyway yeah. because she's making bad blood and, mm-hmm. and, and these upbeat 
pop songs, yeah. why not shift focus onto the growing gay demographic and teen girls who are mm-hmm. just getting into RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> anyway? Because the drag queens featured were all yeah. from RuPaul's. Oh, RuPaul's girls. You know, why not shift focus over there and mm. sort of capitalize mm-hmm. on the new market because the conservatives aren't buying your music sure. anyway. But do, I just, she writes her own music, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you th- really think it's all just about money? Like, surely she's got enough money now that she can... I like her songs. I don't really care for her as, like, a person. Like, I don't really... Not drawn to any of her personality traits. I think she's a bit daggy. But, like, I do like bopping around to her songs in mm. club. And, like, I think she's got some hits. Yeah, I, I really don't see the problem with this. I think people are complaining about the wrong things. We've got so much bigger things to focus mm. on in the world and actual enemies to focus on. So, yeah. I think it's weird that we're treating her like the enemy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably more the thing that I'm thinking. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, you can watch this and think it's a bit tacky. Or you can think it's a marketing ploy or something like that. Like, it's but at doing the end good of the day, anyway. Is like, it, is t- Taylor Swift, our enemy. She's and I don't enemy. think I don't think Taylor Swift's think, the one that we need to be worried about. I still think these conversations are worth having. Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah. The ultimate question is, but how just the way to, that some people reacted to it, mm, I, I, like I very, expected to watch it and see swastikas. Yeah, you right. I, I think the thing that people get the most heard about is that there are actually a lot of queer musicians mm-hmm. and artists struggling to have the same platform mm. for uh, mm. you know the same sort of message. They yeah. they put out pride singles and songs about very much the same topics mm. but don't get this same attention that someone like Taylor Swift yeah. would mm. because unfortunately there's just not enough of the pie to go around for everyone to have a slice. Mm. It's honestly true and a lot of the the Twitter noise that I've been seeing mm. is historically there has been this appropriation of our mm. culture mm. by yeah. white female pop yes. stars. Mm. Absolutely and had she have just not got a queer person of colour and a whole lot of queer people on the video clip, it could have very much become her taking over and appropriating. And if she just hired actors to be the drag queens or whatever. Yeah. But I think that touch of actually getting the community involved in the in the video and stuff is is a nice touch. And more than a lot of other pop stars have done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think a real question here is intent. Mm. Yeah. People have questions about the intent. Think, yeah. And we'll never know. Mm. The only person that really knows is... Todrick Hall. Mm. T-Swizzle. <laughs> So we can only hypothesize whether it's evil or not. But at the end of the day, we got the cash money (laughs) and a lot of queer artists got the cash money to appear in it. So I personally have no issue with it. Mm -hmm. But I do respect someone saying these white girls have come into Mm -hmm. my living room before and Mm -hmm. told me how to Mm -hmm. do Pride. And I don't want any part of it. Mm. And I'm going to say, cool. I think don't. Yeah. It also raises you raise a good point there as well about just on a broader scale, straight people at Pride or Pride events or gay bars and that sort of thing. You know, obviously a lot of them are yeah. allies, but there then there are people that come along to Pride events for a party without yeah. really acknowledging what the purpose of that event mm-hmm. is. Mm. Pose has a really interesting like little scene about this because season two of Pose kickstarts with the release of Vogue Mm -hmm, by Madonna. And so these trans people of colour are basically Mm -hmm. saying, this is great, we're in the mainstream now, we're going to have all these opportunities. And it's Billy Porter's character that said, no, this happens every couple of years or Mm. so. People, Everyone wants to be a part of the party. Yeah, People want to come to our parties, but they don't want to stick around for Mm. the fight. Yeah, right. And that's why you will see them come and do their Vogue Mm. and this will go off chops but they won't stick around i think it's timely that that show posed that discussion at this time posed 
Um, <laughs> because I think that's also a fear with this and with the meteoric rise of drag race mm. into the mainstream mm. as well. It's like, are these people and these allies around for the party? Yeah. Or are they around for the long haul? Because mm. um, I am 100% there for the ones that are around for the party. Yeah. And there are a lot that are. I don't think there's any perfect way to support the LGBT plus community. And I feel like people get really hung up on certain aspects like there's no piece of entertainment or music or art that has lgbt themes that hasn't been criticized by the gays like mm. they always focus on something and there's no room for imperfect support so then we like lose all the support that we do mm. have because people just want it to be we attack yeah. the people that are trying yeah, yeah. so but then there is also like i think the perfect way to be an ally a straight uh-huh. ally is to not make it about yourself yeah absolutely uh That's which true. i think is maybe perhaps what people feel think she's taylor was with, yeah. getting just to, to bring it back to that as well mm-hmm. but even you know people on the streets at mardi gras or at gay bars or whatever remember that you're not there to, for it to be about you exactly it's it's you're about the lgbti people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. People, yeah and have fun by all means yeah. and that sort of stuff but remember it's it's about the people that don't get to mm-hmm. have the privilege that you have in the rest yeah. of your life yeah, straight yeah. pride fuckers <laughs> it's it's like a it's a bit of a strong stance to take but the message i really like is being an ally does not mm-hmm. make you a part of the lgbt yeah. yes absolutely so it, it, it you're not a part of that community it's a privilege. You, you, you haven't you, yeah it, it's like being in a relationship you cannot give support to someone with an expectation of something in return mm-hmm. then it's not support you're just actually transactionally mm. so for me being an ally the best way for me personally to be an ally to the lgbt mm. community is knowing that there are certain experiences that w- yeah. you would n- never have comprehension mm-hmm. of your support doesn't ingrate you into the community as part of the community you're welcome yeah. obviously yeah. we're not going to kick you out of yeah a but bar, i think people also need but- to recognize that there are certain spaces that aren't for them and they need to accept that i know we wouldn't go to a really butch lesbian bar like that's their space yes i would i think would tom you? would i, I, would. Would. I well, did i, don't know. I, I feel to. like there are certain spaces like within the lgbt community that are very kind of sacred and there's only like specific kind of people that would like to go there they like to feel safe in within their own like yeah, well, it's about respect. Well, yeah, there's, exactly. I mean, there, there are spaces like, that are designed but like for... like, straight allies and stuff. Like, there's, like, the happy family event, parades, things like that. But then, again, you wouldn't be, like, coming to wet. Well, even <laughs> then, like, even then, there's there's an argument, like, because they're now saying that, you know, we should be making the bears put more clothes on and they shouldn't be uh, in their harnesses and yeah. straps going down the street. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no, fuck off, because they're the people that yeah. were You're doing it. you for that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. All... Don't bring your kid if your kid yeah. can't see a bear in a, in a jockstrap and a harness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I see sort of what you're saying in that respect and there are sort of places that are specifically designed mm-hmm. that might be for women or you know sex on site premises for spaces. men that sort of exclude people from being able to go into yeah. those specific places but generally pride and pride mm-hmm. events and and our general bars and and bookshops and that sort of thing mm. i think that any allies that welcome to come there as long as yeah. they realize that, that, that they're there mm-hmm. as an ally to support us and and it's not about them because it is I, it's like my favorite thing to see at pride parades when you see kids on people's backs and waving rainbow flags. I was going to say like, naked bears. <laughs> oh, I love a naked bear. <laughs> then you should come around and see me getting out of the shower. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love seeing families and seeing that kind of support because I know a lot of people think like, oh, is this for me? Should I be at this thing? Because I'm mm. not gay myself. Mm. But it is so important to be seen, oh, it's supporting the yeah. people you love. I don't want that to ever have to change or come into question. No. Mm. Um, I do want to say, just following up on what you said before, that I mm-hmm. think specifically gay men yeah. having a lot of critical discourse and a lot mm-hmm. of critical conversations about our representation yeah. and our visibility online mm-hmm. and the acts of straight allies, etc., is really important. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't 
like to frame it in a negative yeah. light. Like, obviously, some people take it too far yeah. and just say some nasty shit. But I've always felt as a community, we're still mm. figuring out our boundaries mm, and we true. haven't had a lot yeah. of representation for a very long time. Mm. So, we haven't had any mainstream allies until the last few decades. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very new thing. So, these conversations are mm. actually fundamental mm. for mm. figuring out the nuts and bolts. We didn't know half of what we know now yeah. just like five, ten years mm. ago. Mm-hmm. And we know that because of the people complaining yeah. and the people coming for people who mm-hmm. did try to support and said, yeah. actually, yeah. you did yeah. it wrong. Yeah. You done fucked up. <laughs> so I absolutely think, you know, some people call it cancel culture or yeah. whatever, but I think it's really Same important thing. because it helps us define what is Yeah, yeah no, I absolutely acceptable. believe those conversations are very, very important, but I just don't want people to lose sight of who the real enemies are. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want people to not try yeah. because of fear of fame. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're so happy to have Parliamentary Secretary for Mental Health, Equality and Creative Industries, Harriet Shing, joining us. Uh, also the first out lesbian parliamentarian for the state. Harriet, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you Hi. so much for having me. It's, <laughs> it's lovely welcome, to be here. Welcome. So nice to have you here. Now, you've just come from the inaugural Gippsland Pride Gala yes. and you were the patron. Yes, the most extraordinary collection of events and people um, from not just the Gippsland region, but mm. uh, we had people travelling from interstate to celebrate lovely. and uh, it was just a tour de force. There was a real groundswell of community support for our LGBTIQA plus um, friends, colleagues, workmates, family members. Uh, and the Pride initiative was about three events. There mm-hmm. was a uh, an insanely robust roller derby Pride <gasps> Cup um, so cool. between the gender bending story on the one hand and <laughs> the Gippsland Rangers uh, roller derby team on the other. That's and that was, it was <laughs> absolutely, it was just off the charts. So, uh, and the longer they go around the um, rink, I don't even know if it's called a rink. <laughs> it's oh. called a rink now. Um, <laughs> the longer they go around it, the more aggressive it becomes. Oh, so, yeah. people were watching this um, initially quite um, yeah. friendly match turn into bloodbath. You know, well, it was. It was a great way for everyone to release a bit of tension oh, and to, to showcase the sport of roller derby, which obviously is enjoying a really strong renaissance in recent years, and yeah. not just because of Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <now> <laughs> <on> <laughs> <the page. laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, Maybe. 
And uh, we also had a community forum at Warrigal, which was attended by about 150 people from local businesses, industry and organisations and community groups to talk about what pride looks like and what what it means to connect with people from our communities across the region Mm -hmm. uh, and how to identify and recognise and respect our LGBTIQA plus uh, folk and make the changes that Mm. that we need and deserve in everyday life um, to feel included and part of community. And then the final event was the Gippsland Pride Gala, Mm. which was 380 people uh, dressed to the nines. It was just, (laughs) there were so many sequins that I'm quite sure could be seen from space. Yeah, it's so important to have these events in rural areas for people. But did you also see like a lot of uh, straight allies coming along to Absolutely. Join you as well? and, That's great. and that was very much a continuation of the theme in Gippsland after the marriage equality postal mm-hmm. survey uh, when it was actually really so hard for so many of us mm. to go through that public campaign, not just here in the city, but also all the way around mm-hmm. Victoria mm-hmm. and especially so in the smaller country towns. I'll be, yeah, to be honest, we've talked about it a lot before. I, a lot of the time I found myself just going out to a gay bar to be around other yeah. people that were going through the same thing during that thing. I imagine being in an area where that you don't have um, Access, a Smith yeah. Street or something like that, where you can just go and find other people to be with. Well, we had the most amazing variety of small events mm. and shows of solidarity crop up throughout mm. that campaign. Oh, so one of the things that did happen was there were so many conversations with people in Gippsland showing support and solidarity. And even though the local member federally, Russell Broadbent, was one of a number of people to actually vote no, uh, mm. even though we returned a mm. yes vote of above 62%, mm-hmm. the solidarity around allies and that cavalry mm. coming over the hill to send us way mm. over and above that 50% yeah. was absolutely magical. So mm. that really did tap into a series of those conversations oh. that started and, and the sky hasn't fallen in. It's, yeah. been, <laughs> it's simply been made more vibrant with the rainbows, rainbows. of upcoming nuptials. <laughs> We've yeah. still got Christmas. Christmas still exists as well. Yes, yeah, oh, we're going to ban We'll that. see what we can do about <laughs> that. No, that's right. Let's see. And the tooth fairy's okay because oh. she dresses well and she's yeah. one of ours. But it is, it is it's it's a really hard set of conversations to have that simply because we're making the world more equal that it creates a great sense of being threatened or intimidated mm. from those who think that that comes at a cost. Yeah. And we yeah. had, I mean, for example, our, our recently re-elected Prime Minister mm. uh, saying on International Women's Day, um, by analogy, oh, this year that, this is to paraphrase, is all in favour oh. of equality for women as long as it doesn't come at the expense of yeah. anybody else. And oh, I was thinking, yeah. well, that, that sort of defeats the purpose if <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> the difference between equity and, and equality. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting too when people have been in a position of power, it's, it's a conversation they haven't had to have for, you know, a majority of their existence. Oh, and like those people who say, wait, when is the straight, straight pride? Straight, <laughs> yeah. straight pride. Oh, and, and where can I find the men's room? And, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's and it's, in my day, there were only two genders. It's yeah. this line I keep thinking of is, is like... Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah these people have been having a slightly difficult time for a very short amount of time as They're well. Like it. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of oh, up yeah. to us to guide them through that as well. <laughs> Um, there aren't any gays in our community. That's, that's right. one of yeah. my favourite oh, ones. That 
was Kata, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, it's so many oh, people. It's Kata. so many. <laughs> yeah. I love it so when Kata did people. it and then his brother came out. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we should get started with your interview. <laughs> yeah, this no, has been this fascinating, though. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, definitely, I'm going to, get, I love Gippsland. It's a beautiful area. And I'm so excited that there's a pride event. We have microbreweries and an amazing performing arts centre that's just opened up. They do everything from steam rail through to agricultural show. We have amazing exhibitions. Really good lolly shop in Foster, I know that. There is a great lolly shop in Foster, you're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, the amazing discoveries that exist in Gippsland. So if Mm. you want cheese, (laughs) oh, I'm just going to put it right out there. We've got cheese. Do you have a code that our listeners can use? (laughs) 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 Um, I thought first, like some of our listeners may need a bit of an introduction. Um, Reading over this, mental health, equality and creative industries sounds like my Saturday night. (laughs) Um, But for our listeners, could you maybe let us know in a sort of tangible way what your role absolutely encapsulates is that a word it does it is a word yeah thank you, you know, but even <laughs> if it weren't a word i probably would have just picked just it up and run with it anyway <laughs> i'm all for a, you know a, a language that evolves organically <laughs> yes. so um, if that happens on my end as well please indulge me in the same <laughs> yeah. way even invented a lot of words <laughs> on the show um so as a parliamentary secretary i work really closely with minister martin foley who mm-hmm. has long been a champion of equality and worked really hard in his work as australia's first Equality Minister, the gender and equality work that he has done, including in uh, establishing Australia's first gender and sexuality mm-hmm. commissioner in Row Allen, in establishing the funding for the new Pride Centre, the work associated with ending conversion and banning those mm-hmm. practices, the apology for historical mm-hmm. uh, homosexual convictions, and all of the work associated with the Pride 40th anniversary, which is coming up mm-hmm. and which will be the most Very incredible wow. set yeah. of celebrations. As a parliamentary Secretary, I assist him with that work. And last term, for example, when we were elected in 2014 and I was uh, elected as a new member of parliament, uh, I was the ambassador for the state's uh, the Safe Schools Program, mm-hmm. a little program some of you may have heard of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we successfully implemented that in every government mm. secondary school. And this is without a doubt a program which is changing the dynamic around resources and tools for teachers, for staff, for students to have a more inclusive and supportive environment for same-sex attracted and gender diverse people that they know. Mm -hmm. So it's not part of the curriculum, which is something that came up time and time again as one of the misinformation Mm. and mythology campaigns we heard a lot about in certain newspapers and on certain radio stations. But as Parliamentary Secretary for Creative Industries and for Mental Health, I do an awful lot of work working alongside the Minister and alongside the work of the Mental Health Royal Commission, which is based on Mm -hmm. the model that we established with the Family Violence Royal Commission, there's been an awful lot of work to have these very open and often very difficult conversations at a community level and with government around our mental health system and Mm -hmm. the way in which the lived experience of too many Victorians so many of whom are not here because they have um, taken their own lives, Mm -hmm. is something that has to change. We have a suicide rate which is twice that of the road toll. And what I would also encourage anyone listening to do is to call Lifeline if you Mm -hmm. do experience any difficulty in in listening to this part of the conversation or indeed any of the work that's coming up in the Family Violence Royal Commission. So that's 13, 11, 14. The work that goes on, though, around mental health is much more than 
looking at only the the treatment elements of the system. It's also about prevention. It's about early intervention. It's about looking at different cohorts um, Mm -hmm. within our communities. So how do regional and rural Victorians experience the mental health system? How Mm. does the challenge of stigma Mm. exist across communities? How do LGBTIQA plus people um, navigate a system where for our trans friends, one in two of them will attempt suicide at some point? What do we do in relation to children who are working often as carers of people within their families who mm-hmm. are suffering from mental illness. It's a really complex and a really yeah. hard mm. question and that, yeah. that's the sort of thing <laughs> well, it's, it is. that it's, I do. Yeah. So I, just, I just need to point out, you mm. just mentioned that the uh, suicide toll is twice that of the road toll. That is a mind-blowing statistic, yeah. I think. I think there is a lot less conversation about these things and probably because it's such a difficult topic to talk about. Well, mm. we do have a situation where stigma is the thing that interferes in so many people having conversations that are necessary about not being okay Mm. and the lived experience of people who live with and suffer from the most extraordinary pain because of mental illness is Mm -hmm. is a really big part of this conversation. Part of what I've been doing as as parliamentary secretary and I have a lived experience, I manage mental illness and my own mental health issues as well as so many of us do is to talk Mm. openly about that and to say that we would never expect someone with a broken leg to climb three Mm. flights of stairs without Mm any sort of assistance, why would we expect someone who lacks coping mechanisms because they're not well yeah. um, to function in the same way as everybody else uh, and without assistance? So strength is mm. is something that I think increasingly is found in being vulnerable yeah. and that's a, a game changer as far as everything we've ever been taught about yeah. stiff upper lips mm-hmm. and all of those other th- sorts of being brave and taking it in the, yeah. you know, um, taking it in the, what's, what's the analogy? Pull your socks up. Pull your socks up. <laughs> taking it on the chin. Taking it on the oh, chin, yeah. that's that's right, mm. yeah. And these ideas you're taking about... taking it in the something else. Yeah, is... yeah that's where my... I'm, I'm okay like, where's this going? I'm all right with that. I'm not qualified to comment. No, I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's, that's probably a niche market. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy hearing you talk because I think in my own experience, you can actually forget that there are individuals and actual people doing this kind mm. of work on a daily basis because you see the end product mm. or you see the discussion online and, and you sort of throw your two cents in here and there. But you forget to actually give that respect to the people that are putting these legislations in place and programs and having the conversations at a par- parliament parliamentary yeah. it's a hard word. level. <laughs> um, because you you're not put into these sort of superstar roles. It's kind of humbling to hear the kind of touchstones things, that yeah. you pointed out that. They're all huge achievements. Well, I think and- the best of Parliament happens behind the scenes. There's, it's very easy to turn on the TV or to be walking past something and hear people screaming inside a chamber and mm-hmm. think that that's all that politics is. And yeah. and I think that that's certainly part of it. I'm in the upper house, which is known as the Red Morgue for a reason. It's not actually <laughs> terribly exciting in terms of yelling and screaming, but that's actually um, where I feel I'm best suited. Mm-hmm, yeah. there, there are a lot of people in politics who, like me, are incredibly policy-driven nerds. We are (laughs) policy wonks and this is the work that many of us are aspiring to make a contribution to, whether it's family violence or Mm. voluntary assisted dying with the legislation we passed uh, in the last parliament, whether it's the work of the the Mental Health Royal Commission or how we reform our education system to to create things like free TAFE. These are the sorts of things Mm. that that Mm. change lives and that takes a a lot of moving parts behind the scenes 
is. Yeah, that you just don't realise. And so thank you for all of your yeah. work and for coming yeah, on the show. So no, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be uncharitable about this description, but I think politicians in the work that we do are the very, very tip of the iceberg. Yeah, there are so many people who campaign tirelessly for decades mm. um, and decades and decades to to get social change happening and it's very easy for politicians to come along and to to secure fund well it's not easy to secure funding often it's very very difficult <laughs> and a really really big challenge I'm not going to lie about that but to then come along and to give effect to social change which has often predated them mm-hmm. by many years is it's a real honor and it really I think ties the idea of uh, politics and and parliamentary politics right back to to the point of of community service. It's public service. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of those people who's still actually trying to work out what I want to be when I grow up. Oh, totally. And I'm not ashamed of that. I actually mm-hmm. think that it's really important to be um, perpetually curious and yeah. always wanting to find out as much as you can about the world. I'm one of those people who walks around streets <laughs> looking up and around, and it's it's very difficult trying to trying to have a, a linear conversation with me <laughs> sometimes because of just uh, so many things going on. One of the things that um, has consistently reminded me why I'm so privileged and so honoured to be an elected member of parliament uh, and an elected representative is being able to change the law in beneficial ways. So the work that we've done that failed in the last parliament because it was blocked at the last minute to change births, deaths and marriages Mm. act requirements around the nomination of gender. And we're now in a position where that bill has been reintroduced. It's gone through the lower house and it's coming back up to us in the upper house. And these are are things which make a real difference. When Mm. we changed the laws in 2015 to remove the more onerous punishment that existed for intentional transmission of HIV in the Crimes Act Mm -hmm. that was an inherently homophobic law. It was Mm -hmm. created at the time of the Grim Reaper advertisements, which we all remember with horror. When that was removed so that the maximum penalty was the same as as a serious assault and not greater, they're the sorts of things that send a really clear message actually and symbolically um, around what the law can do and indeed how it should evolve. So I'm so honoured to be part of that. There yeah. are some days where you really don't get what you would like to see happen with the law um, <laughs> and that's that can be very brutal indeed. Yeah. It can be heartbreaking for, for people who, who work so hard uh, to try to achieve outcomes that aren't possible because the numbers don't exist yeah. uh, in the chamber. But when it does happen, when, when we do see change, it's the sort of thing that usually incrementally, mm-hmm. uh, it's the sort of thing that makes for profound improvements in people's everyday lives. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And as we said, Harriet, your role covers Eastern Victoria. That's traditionally a more conservative part of the state. What sort of concerns do you hear about equality when you've got boots on the ground in your electorate? Well, you're right about parts of the electorate Mm -hmm. being really conservative, but I think that's true in any part of the state. More importantly, though, Mm -hmm. we do have a changing demographic across the entire state. And you look at the election result last November, which was a really comprehensive Mm -hmm. win for Labor. That was a thorough endorsement of progressive policy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a rejection of what conservative politics had to say. It was a recognition of the importance of not just infrastructure, Mm -hmm. um, because everyone has driven through level crossings (laughs) that have been removed and everyone has 
has um, has experienced the the massive program of capital works that's happening in schools and roads and uh, across the rail network around the state. But it was also about saying this is a state that is fundamentally about fairness and fundamentally yeah. about equity. And so there will always be people in mm. every part of the state who will think that I'm a filthy lesbian who doesn't deserve to be listened to because I don't know what I'm talking about. But mm. similarly... Fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, some days I might think that myself. But um, there are increasingly younger generations who are at school now who mm. actually don't see that that is any sort of a big deal. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's so great. It is mm. so yeah. great so to visit schools and to, to have kids just, you know, side-eye that kids do <laughs> when they just, you're the, I'm the, the lamest adult that they've ever met. <laughs> And it's, you know, when, when I talk about equality, there's almost like this curled lip because there shouldn't be a need for that conversation because it's not any sort of issue. Yeah, yeah, and that's an such an, oh, important, totally. yeah, an yeah. important thing to pick up and to recognise. So nice, yeah. And to see then the changes that have been born about through removing limitations for mm-hmm. adoption for same-sex couples, mm-hmm, yeah. um, the sorts of changes that have existed around ongoing work to recognise pride and to mm-hmm. go through every piece of legislation to weed out... Yeah. Um, to weed out discrimination. The the apology that we had from mm-hmm. the Premier in which he said, I want you to go out and take the hand of the person you love and yeah. take them Powerful. on a tram ride. Yeah. Mm. That's the most extraordinary thing mm-hmm. you can imagine. And it's it's no wonder we're getting a really well-deserved reputation for being progressive and it's just about continuing to work in that space yeah. with the goal and the focus of being inclusive of everyone, including those people who change their minds along the way. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful things I think to emerge in the last few years, particularly in regional areas, has mm-hmm. been the huge number of communities and people who've reached out, often from the most extraordinarily really? unexpected quarters, wow, to show great. love and support for same-sex couples or for young people who've mm-hmm. come out or for gender-diverse folk living in their towns, to recognise them and to, mm-hmm. to say, you are visible and we see you and we get yeah. you. We don't necessarily know why you are who you are, but that's yeah. okay. You're here and that's absolutely mm. fine. Yeah, mm. that's, that's great. We're also buying a lot of that property out there. I tell you what, the gays are the gays are absolutely snapping up. Yeah. Some friends and I went to Sandy Point a few months ago for a holiday, and we all decided that's our favourite new holiday spot. Sandy so. Point is magnificent, Stunning. but also because, and you would be aware of the uh, amazing. <laughs> I'm going to do a little plug here. <laughs> no, we changed, we removed the um, so stamp duty cuts for first home buyers in regional areas, plus the first home buyers and first home builders grants mm-hmm. in regional. areas. Areas. We're seeing so many new families move mm. to these areas and it's challenging a lot yeah. of the old guard because we're getting kinders built, we're getting yeah. um, new schools, people are coming together in all sorts yeah. of different ways and, you know, that's that's really good for everyone. We just need a tram that runs to Sandy Point to be able to do it. I can't drive. Can you drive, imagine but... the travel time? The travel time to Sandy Point would definitely allow you to enjoy the scenery. Oh, my God, it's like chicken and the gays all bought the property out in Daleswood but how did they get there because no gays can drive? Yeah. yeah. Well, none Until of us the the lesbians came the same day. What is it with the um, Surrey with the fringe on top? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, on this show, we've talked a lot about visibility and being a part of the queer community. It's really important to be able to see ourselves represented basically in all aspects of life, on television, in our stories, in our podcasts, as well as in our government and in parliament. I struggle to think of many queer representatives that we have. Um, obviously, there's Penny Wong. Uh, we mentioned you're the first out lesbian parliamentarian in Victoria. 
And do you feel uh, any sort of pressure from the community from having that position or do you do you feel an obligation to be visible to others? I I had a crossroads moment when I was first elected and actually in fact when I was first pre-selected where I needed to work out what I was going to do yeah. about my identity oh. and I actually find pride really hard mm. and I've had to practice my pride um, mm. and to do that really honestly and really openly because it's been something that has come to me after many, many years of, of self-loathing and mm, having absolutely. lost really important relationships to me and having paid a really big big price and and there are so many different stories about how we come out and how we come to terms with ourselves and and what the flip side of shame looks like when we finally mm. find pride and for me it's been one of those journeys that has happened oh, I hate the term journey it sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I'm on MasterChef like I know oh, I sound oh. like RuPaul but it's been one of those processes that I have gone through as honestly and as authentically as I possibly can as much because I feel I owe it to my communities mm. to do that and to be accessible and to be vulnerable. And the number of times that I've stood in the parliament and ugly cried about safe schools uh, and burst into tears about discrimination or about what it means to have rights eroded or to to have people deliberately misgender um, mm. others or to oh. to have that casual homophobia and transphobia yeah. uh, exist in the world around us, which we know in our communities mm. hurts terribly badly, mm. but uh, which isn't always obvious to others outside of that bubble. So it's been something that I have done and it hasn't been easy, uh, you know, being completely honest about it. It's been really hard being the first out woman um, in the parliament, but it's a cost that I think is really important to bear because of what it will then do to make the journey easier for others. Mm. And yeah. When I have people come up to me or seek me out or get in touch with my office and come mm. in for a cuppa and say, it's so great to see people um, people like you. And I say, what, dog lovers? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, in Parliament and to be visible is is something that I'm trying to do to give back. And yep, I, I just keep practising my mm. pride like so many other mm. people out there and, and I keep staring down the people on the other side of the chamber who talk about how I'm an abomination and mm. and keep hoping that that will be something that over time fades to a, a little bit of a, a dull roar and then a whimper and then and then kind of snuffs out entirely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's difficult. Pride is difficult. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Not something we have a book on. How well, isn't that funny? Into. Because like, during that... Oh, do you? Yeah, no, <laughs> well, no, no. Well, do you remember during the postal survey and everyone talked about the gay manual and we're yeah. all trying to convert yeah. people into being gay? And I just remember thinking, I grew up watching Beverly Hills 90210 every Friday night and, and the original, not the remake, and, and Melrose Place. And that was, you know, being straight was sort of, at me from every yeah. angle, oh, yeah. it didn't work on me. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that that a gay manual, no matter how beautifully written with all of the right font sizes, <laughs> and the most amazing graphics ever, is actually going to work. It's one of those yeah. things that we know that it's it's a cheap shot. We yeah. know that it's um, much like the discussion on freedom of religion on the one hand, which equals persecution on the other. If you're called out on mm. just how hurtful your views might be as expressed, that that these are things which are knee jerk reactions to, I think fear of difference, fear of the world changing mm. around the very core ideas of acceptance. 
Absolutely. Now, Australians are dealing with the possibility of a Religious Freedoms Act uh, that could cement in law the right for religious organisations to discriminate against gay people. And one of the big concerns a lot of people have is, um, of course, gay students in Christian schools that, that are at risk of being expelled from the school if they come out. Could you explain how this, is, this new act could potentially play out and how LGBTQIA plus people could be affected from it? I mean, do we even know really what's going to be in there yet? So, firstly, what we have seen just today is an amendment to create uh, a, a freedom from discrimination mm. bill, which uh, looks like it will go in to change the Marriage Act. There won't be a postal survey on that particular change, no. uh, nice. just like there wasn't a postal <laughs> survey when uh, when Mr mm. Howard John amended Howard the Marriage it. Act. But one of the really interesting places that we're at publicly at the moment is the debate about the extent to which the law can reach into employment Mm. on the one hand and private life on the other. Mm. So on the one hand, we see comments by Israel Folau being tweeted Mm. and then being used as the basis to dismiss him. And we see that that's a Mm. matter that will go to the federal court Mm. now because all attempts at conciliation with mm. the Fair Work Commission have failed. But we also see that, on the other hand, if we apply that standard across the board, then we would be seeking to regulate the way in which people talk about all manner of different things mm. uh, and the ramifications for their employment. So the question that remains for the court in that case is is whether it was a breach of contract yeah. uh, and indeed what the terms of the contract were. But more fundamentally, we see that there are these ideas of religious exemptions from anti-discrimination mm-hmm. legislation and they operate in Victoria in a range of really narrow circumstances. And one of the defences there that exists is the inherent requirements of the job. So if for example, you are at a school and uh, teaching a subject which requires you to be substantively invested in that subject mm. in terms that include morality, for example, right. religious belief, yeah. mm-hmm. um, then in fact it, it might then be well argued that it's a an inherent requirement of mm-hmm. your job. The question then arises about whether someone who is a gardener in a religious school can be sacked because they are same-sex attracted or gender diverse. Mm -hmm. The questions also arise about whether students can Mm. be expelled. And I think Scott Morrison's been on the record late last year saying that he would amend the law to make sure that, I think he said gay, but I think that that's intended to include everybody Mm -hmm. as a catch-all, couldn't be expelled for their identity as same-sex attracted and gender diverse. Which I think it took four days to come out and say it. That's right. There was a lot of pressure associated with that. There was also, I think, a lot of pressure around Scott Morrison uh, needing to come out during the election, not come out. Needing to actually um, answer the question about whether he thought gay people would go to hell. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. these are really difficult tactics that are that are employed in the course of campaigns that continue to resonate and to cause these ripple effects with people in the broader community. It may have been a cute moment to ask him about whether gays were going to go to hell and to wait for his answer and to say that it took too long. Mm. But that's causing enormous harm mm. for mm. our communities who already suffer and sustain enormous harm yeah. just by living in a world mm. that treats us as different. 
So there's a very long answer to that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very politician's answer to that one, but but the law is really complex in these areas, and that's mm. one of the things that at a Victorian level we're also grappling with because our, our state laws uh, sit underneath the federal law, and to the extent that the federal law covers the field, mm. it's then a really hard thing for us to tackle, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing everything that, that we can at a local level. It's why we have uh, work for the Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities to do. It's why we're we've got an equality minister and while we've got mm-hmm. huge resources going into actually tackling community misinformation but mm-hmm. also empowering cultural change from within our rainbow communities at the same time. So uh, submissions for the State Royal Commission into Mental Health have just closed. What changes do you think need to happen in this area? The Mental Health Royal Commission is... Uh, another game changer yeah. as far as those really difficult social conversations. And in having a Royal Commission, it's the most independent arm of inquiry that you can have because mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be something that came from government. It was crucial that it be developed by the commissioners and by that expert panel in close consultation and following hundreds of hours of communication with yeah. with Victorians. So the challenge will be firstly to identify where the areas of need are. Mm-hmm. One of the great challenges that we have is that in the system as it currently stands, and the commissioner has, the chair of the commission, Penny, Penny Armitage, has noted this, that the system is set up in a way that it, al- it almost requires you to be sicker mm-hmm. in order to get help. That it's not enough for you to be a certain degree of unwell. You have to be at a critical point before you can get help and then you're in the acute mental health space. Uh, So how do we change that is is one of the really big questions. And that's where the lived experience of people, often who've been in and out of the system Mm -hmm. for many, many years, is a big part of saying, well, not only do we need prevention and early intervention on the on the one hand and to challenge stigma there, not only do we need a workforce that is really set up and well-equipped and well-trained and well-supported to deal with often what is very traumatic work for them, yeah. um, but how do we make sure that people stay in touch with the system and continue to access support within that system in a way that enables them to do everything that we would want to do in achieving uh, a good set of outcomes for living well. So so in working, for example, or in participating in community life, how do we do that against the challenges that exist at the moment? Yeah. So we will implement all of those recommendations as they come back from the Commission. We don't know what those recommendations will be, okay. but the Commission will uh, release an interim report mm-hmm. in November and okay. then another report, a final report next year. And the work goes on to make sure that we continue to engage with industry and with the peak bodies in hospital and healthcare, as well as the workforce, as well as people mm-hmm. in our communities, mm-hmm. while that work goes on because we have to also remember that there are some incredibly good things happening Mm. to make sure that people have that quality of life and to make sure that everyone from carers to workers to to people who work within the system in hospital and health administration are doing to to make the best of the environments that they work in currently. Book now at the lunchroom. (laughs) 94956261. It is true. That really strikes a chord with me. I work in mental health Mm. at a psychology practice. And I think I said it before we had an episode entirely about mental health. There's this kind of feeling or common thought process that you shouldn't or don't need to seek help until you're in a crisis. Mm. And being the other person, the person on the other end of the phone, when you receive that phone call, it's 
such a difficult scenario to be of any use. Uh, you know, there's waiting lists, there's, there's, it's just like, it's almost too late, but I really like the idea of changing the conversation and saying like, these services should be available to people all the time mm. and people should be taking it up. And, I think and encouraging what, people to mm. come in, even when you're feeling well. I absolutely believe some of yeah. the best work for your own mental health is done when you are well. Mm. Uh, and for your own sort of mental practices and your coping mechanisms and the things you can really take on board and make changes to your yeah. behaviors happen when you're well and things mm. are stable. Mm. It's just unfortunately the conversation we have is people aren't really seeking help when, when they're well, well or, or we don't talk about it. We don't yeah. talk yeah. Well, about stigma it. is again it, it's yeah. such a it's such an insidious theme mm. in this conversation mm. in the same way that with family violence it was considered to be something that happened behind closed doors mm. and was therefore a dirty little secret for a family or a street um, or for a workplace to to have to sweep under the carpet and as far as mental health is concerned lifeline says it mm -hmm. best when they say we want you to call us on your bad days and not mm. your worst day yeah. or not yeah. just your worst day and and we need to make sure that we're treating mental health in a way that recognises not just the the importance of ongoing care and support, but if we want to couch it in economic terms, the, I mean, the Productivity Commission is looking at a series of, um, of reports and, and pieces of research mm -hmm. that look into the early intervention and what that means yeah. for the healthcare dollar, that if you invest well in uh, improving health outcomes, whether they're physical or mental, mm -hmm. down the track, the dividends are enormous. And when we provide assistance for people to, again, build the tools that they have mm. to manage stress or to build resilience or to have a more connected life, mm -hmm. we then equip them with tools to have conversations when they're not doing so well. Mm. And that's, an, an, again, another challenge for, yeah. for the Royal Commission, that the NDIS, for example, is a system that's not set up for episodic issues around mm -hmm. mental health, that, again, you have to be at a certain level of disability mm. and arbitrary determined Critical. idea of what that looks like in mm. order to get assistance and so therefore too many people are being excluded and that has very very real ramifications not just for for somebody's ability to navigate that particular episode or, or period in their lives but for them then not seeking help yeah. again because they see it as a futile exercise mm. Thank you so much once again, not only for the work that you do, but for coming in and um, chatting to us. Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic. Tonight. I genuinely so could sit here and listen to you talk all day. It's absolutely yeah. Do you want to just take over the next few episodes <laughs> or we'll just listen? Yeah, I'd love to yeah. hang out again. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, we really definitely cool. should get you back There's to have a lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah, anything absolutely. I can ever help with, just sing out. Um, I, oh. I love a bit of a chat and if I can have a chat with my people, then all the better. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And what would you recommend the best way to get in touch with you, Harriet, if someone in the community ever wanted to do so? Absolutely. If anyone would ever like to contact me, uh, my email address is harriet.shing, like fishing or washing <laughs> or furnishing, at parliament.vic.gov.au. I also uh, have a Twitter handle, which is Shing v world, as in Harriet Shing versus the world. I know it's not very <laughs> parliamentary, that. but I refuse to change it. It's and great. I'm also on Facebook as well. So please do feel free to get in touch. Um, there's a lot in my social media that relates as much as anything to dogs uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to dancing animals and to things that are full of joy because um, I'm all about a bit of sunshine too. You're getting the light and the dark. The <laughs> I like shades, I like ah, shades of oh. grey, which then yeah, segues me briefly into what I'm going to also put in a plug, uh, which is for um, retired and ex-racing uh, mm. greyhounds and the many mm. greyhounds that are up for adoption. I wouldn't be 
able to keep doing my job if it weren't for the giant slug bear horses <laughs> yeah, they are. that are currently upside down on my couch at home. Uh. I think so. The LGBTIQA plus communities have the most amazing record for pet ownership. You only yeah. have to go to Midsummer to see oh, the, yeah. um, Dr. Hugh Worth or anyone else lining yeah. up for the best mm-hmm. dog and, in show uh, competition. Who, Polly's dog show. That's yes, it. Polly's dog yeah. show, and it's one of those things. So I, I just I think that one of the highlights for me at Midsummer this year. Firstly, the hugging mums. Mm. Big oh, shout out to the hugging mums. I, I got teary. I got so teary. Yeah. I was just walking around howling and hugging every mum I could find, and, <laughs> and going back for seconds and thirds. And they're like, "Well, are they no, just people dishing up?" <laughs> yeah, there were. I think there were a few dozen of these oh. amazing mums who yeah. went around Midsummer. They're going to, they went to a lot of the um, mm-hmm. marches for marriage equality as well, which was beautiful, oh. and yeah. just provided hugs to anyone who needed them needed and there were so many of them who were completely tear-stained mm. by you know, their oh, shoulders you were drenched <laughs> by, 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 yeah. our, by our salty tears by the day. <laughs> but the, the, and the dogs were the other side of the coin the oh. utter joy of dogs dressed up in rainbow paraphernalia mm. is something that makes my heart <laughs> sing every time so big plug for adopted greyhounds or any sort of rescue there yeah. and I do, you sounds like you've got quite a bit of space at your house but you don't need a lot of space for greyhounds as well people there seem are, to think that you need to have lots of space for them to run they're happy with a walk or two a day. There's a lot. That's an excellent point. There's Mm. a lot of greyhounds, in fact, that live in apartments. And Mm. they're they're, They're good apartments. When I first got into greyhounds, back in the day when I got into greyhounds, um, I remember asking a, a bloke down at the local park, what his greyhound was like and, and he said oh, I live in an apartment and when I first got the dog I was worried that she'd be really bored and mm. so he, he set up one of those nanny cams oh, yeah. and <laughs> Just in slept. the course of the day that's right so it was it was like paranormal activity uh, I mean, it was paranormal inactivity oh, yeah. no. so, so in, in essence for the whole time so he, he left and the dog uh, went for one circuit around the apartment had a drink of water went to the couch and fell asleep wow. and then fast forward until just before he got home when the dog gets up and goes to the Door. Uh, That's literally oh, yeah. what they do. So, so after any sort of 15 dogs. second run, oh. they will need a recovery period of at least 22 hours, which is wow. just like me on the sports field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so oh, much. Thank you Lovely so to much. We'll you. see you soon. Yeah, thank so you good. so much. <laughs> And so we're back, back, back again to the yeah. end of the show. Back from <laughs> <our space. laughs> so nice to see you, boys. It's so fun being back. Very nice. So don't forget to follow us on the old Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod or join our Facebook group and spill some hot tea at the Gays Are Revolting. So enthusiastic. I know, I just lost <laughs> all my energy at the end of that sentence. That was weird. And of course, we have our live show coming up on July 19th that at the Brunswick <laughs> Mechanics Institute. And we are pretty much sold out. There's only yeah. a few tickets left. Um, so you can jump on our show- socials and get the link for that. Get if you want to come tickets. and visit us and say hello. And we'll be wow. there. Yeah, we might. <laughs> <laughs> and while you are buying those tickets, sign up to our Patreon. We release an after show every episode now. So we get a little mini-sode each week. If you can't bear to live without us. Yeah. <laughs> it's get the extra content. Of a coffee. A coffee for us and transport. So yeah, um for this week's after show, we're going to be talking about relationship roles and like uh, role play. Well, I mean, we can get there. <laughs> but like I know the roles that I've been trying to lose off my stuff. Uh, <laughs> back roles. Oh, back roles. One of the questions that I absolutely hate getting from people that you just meet when you're in a relationship or with someone, who is the girl and who is the boy? Oh. <laughs> Don't you hate that? I love when I people ask me that. And I was like, well, you see, the funny thing is about being gay is we're both boys. So... Yeah. I say I'm the psychotic dog that fucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about all that yeah. and more on our after show. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.